I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, everybody. Make some fucking noise for the one, the only, Caden motherfucking tonight. Let's go! Hell motherfucking yeah! Caden tonight! Well, Caden, hello, hello. Take your time. Set yourself up there. Brought your own booster seat. Love it. <laughs> we're actually wondering before you got here, we were like, this kid, like, is that chair going to work? But yeah, I, I come prepared. Yeah, yeah, I come yeah. Prepared. We were backstage. Caden was like, you've sat in chairs before. Yeah. You know what the fucking deal is. <laughs> Graduation was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> we were back there and you were like, uh, yo, when the show starts, I'm going to bring my backpack out and sit on it. And I was like, okay. Do you want me to see if they have, like, a cushion? You're like, no, no, I got a fucking seat inside my backpack. And I went, this guy fucks. This guy knows what's up. <laughs> this guy fucks. Caden uh, tonight, again, give the guy a round of applause. What's up, everybody? Illegally in this bar right now, 17 years old, not even uh, able to drink. Thank God his father brought him here. Uh, Biltmore, we're so sorry we brought an underage human into your show. Do you need a drink or anything? I mean, not an alcoholic drink, but, like, do you want to... Water or something? I mean, if there's water, but... Water. Can, can we get, can we get, the, can we get uh, Caden to water? That'd be great. Caden, uh, first of all, thank you for coming here all the way over from, uh, from the island, uh, living in Victoria. Uh, this is not the first time you've been on the podcast, but this is the first time that you've been on the podcast as a full-on guest. Uh, the first time we had you on the show was uh, from... If you saw this video here of Caden back in the day, Caden uh, was a young man... Uh, a budding YouTuber making sick videos, uh, who has now exploded on TikTok and is fucking killing it. Uh, Caden, what's your what's your TikTok handle for all the Gen Zers out here? So you can either search up my name, which is just Caden Tonight, or my account was based on my vehicle, so it's also Blacked Out XJ. You fucking hick! I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that shit. How uh, old were you when we met? Like uh, 11, 12? eleven, twelve? Yeah, I was eleven last time. Yeah. That's crazy. So we recorded with your with your dad, yeah. and that was the first time we ever came to Vancouver. We didn't come to do shows or anything. We That's were right. Just started doing the podcast, and we decided let's go to Vancouver. We were all, we were only recording with people in Halifax, and we were like, let's go to Vancouver and record with some people in another city. Thank you so much. I love you. And uh, and actually, serendipitous. So we met. Uh, we That's met my girlfriend, dude. What the fuck? Right. Oh, th thank you so. <laughs> what the fuck? Much. I texted her. She have mastitis? What's going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> we met your mom. We met your dad. We met you, and we met Joanne there as well. Actually, in that same That's little sleepy, right. sleepy studio. So yeah, uh, Joanne, I mean, who won the secret surprise that no one's gonna know about. Yeah, this is uh, this is like a this is a this is just a throwback night for for Stick Boy. We're going way back I'm to the, to the beginning. I'm starting to think that contest was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> it just worked out wonderfully. Caden, yeah. uh, first of all, introduce yourself to our, our uh, guests here tonight and uh, give us a little bit of insight into why you're on stage now. I mean, I think it's pretty visually obvious, but uh, specifically, what uh, you have dwarfism, but there's a very specific type, right? I do, yeah. So first of all, my name's Caden Tanike. I'm 17 years old, and I have a rare form of dwarfism, which is called a spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita. Not expecting you to remember that, so it's SED for short. No pun intended. Now, if, now, if anybody in the audience can repeat what he has, we have a secondary prize. Uh, just joking. We have isn't nothing. it? Isn't there? We we actually spoke to somebody with dwarfism not that long ago. That's right. Um, an, an actor in this wonderful film. If you catch the episode, what? Well, well, um, how long ago was that, Matthew? Uh, a few uh, weeks. I mean, it was like a month ago. It was. It yeah. was. It was a really endearing conversation. But what we learned from him, um, something that I think was new for us, was just like how. Crazy, like a crazy. There's a crazy number of like variations of dwarfism, like and and, and um, just how yeah. like how rare some of them can be. Yeah. That there are, you know, there might be you know, like a handful of people in Canada that have the same sort of condition. Yeah, so it's an extremely rare condition. The overall dwarfism is the general diagnosis, and then there's about 200 different types of dwarfism that's known now that can that can grow, and I think it has since the last time that number has been updated. And the odds for having, or being a dwarf, for having dwarfism, I believe is about a one in 100,000. Kind of like that other thing that I fucking said in the quiz. Yeah, there you go. Don't yeah. know what that was, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then on top of that one in 100,000, out of those groups of one people, then there's another chance or a low chance that you get my condition or achondroplasia is another yeah. very common you, type of dwarfism. Do you have the same type of dwarfism that your dad does? I do, yeah. We are exactly the same. Like is that identical. common? Like, are you guys exactly the same height? We are pretty close. I like to argue I'm taller. He'll tell you otherwise. Jim, he's <laughs> going to fuck you up, dude. He's not even done growing. He's only 17. I know. The, You're the done for, dude. The levels have gone down. Since I've, <laughs> since I've grown a bit. What, what, it was, uh, it, uh, sorry, I, th I thought you said STD, but I know you didn't. But what is the, what is the short, what, what, it's S what? S-E-D. S-E-D, -E right, yeah, not S-T-D, sorry. Um, uh, S-E-D, uh, what does that mean? Like, like what, in, in terms of the, the, the type of dwarfism that you have, how does that set you apart from the other types of dwarfism? Like, what's happening specifically in your body um, that sort of sets you apart? Right. So, I mean, I could go into detail about, like, what a spondylo and then epiphyseal and then dysplasia means. Basically, the rundown. So, my condition is heavily affected on my skeleton. So, all of my bones, joints, anything to do with bone structure. So, I have what's called extreme delayed ossification. So, I had my first neck surgery was a fusion from the occiput, which is basically the back of my skull, mm -hmm. to the C5, which is about the fifth or sixth vertebrae down. And so, that was because my bones didn't turn into bone fast enough. So I was about four years old when I had that surgery, and that was because I was severely prone to breaking my neck. Oh, fucking Whoa. shit. So with my condition, like my organs as well as my head are not affected. So the weight of my head was an average four years old on a body of like someone who's half the size of two years old. So if I fell, if I tripped, if I got bumped on the playground, anything like that, it Bad. could easily break my yeah, neck. Is right. that sort of like, yeah, I just had a baby, and she, like for the first however long, you know, she's, 
like super floppy neck, and I'm always like, oh my, geez, you're so afraid that you're gonna hurt their neck. Is it sort of like is is it like sort of like a version of that for a lot longer, where like where your 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 neck is just not developed, and 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 is that wherein that problem lies? Yeah, it's exactly the same, pretty much. You know, when you're holding a baby, you swaddle it, hold the head properly so that you have support. That's exactly the same. It's just for me, it wasn't. I didn't get bone in my body yeah. till. Even now, some of my bones are still partially punctured. Right. When you have the, the musculature, you can use your body, but like the bones underneath all that are, are fragile. Yeah, yeah, and then what comes with that is also a lot of malformations within my bones. Mm. So like, for example, my hips and my femur, your femur is supposed to, you have the head of the femur, and it's supposed to be like this, right? Where your kind of the head is angled, and it goes into the hip mm. socket. Mm -hmm. Mine was completely out of whack, and it was going the wrong way. Ooh. And so my hips were essentially dislocated for the first pretty much half of my life. Does that cause you to be, like, the opposite of bow-legged? So it does, and knock knees, bow-legged is also something knees, that I yeah. had as yeah. well. Um, so I've had plates put in my knees multiple times in and out to prevent that. Mm. And so basically all they do is just stop mm. growing on one side of my knee to let the other side catch up. So what oh. happened to the hip? Was that another surgery at some point? Yeah, so that was another big surgery that was called double hip derotational femoral osteotomies. Sorry, say it. Yeah. Say it. I mean, I know. Ten times I mean, fast. Go. I know it, but yeah. for the crowd. Okay, so <laughs> double hip, both hips, femoral, so the femur, yeah. derotational, so that's basically rotating the head of my femur, and then osteotomies, which is, I believe, anything to do with the hip socket. Okay, okay. So essentially what that means, they took the head of my femur, completely cut it off, like, with a hacksaw. Like Holy fuck. Completely removed it. Wait, how do they get it, though? Like, they can't... They how can't do just, they get it? They, can't, they just <laughs> cut I have, into... I have a scar, basically, from my ass to my knee to, to show for it. Wow. So it's a pretty big procedure. No doubt. And so with that, like I said, they cut the head of the femur off, completely reposition it, and then they screw into it and hold it in place with both like metal hardware, so rods, plates, everything like that. And yeah. those plates and rods actually weigh quite a bit. So I had a visible difference in my mobility Jesus. after that surgery. Do they, do they have to wait until you like have grown a certain amount to be able to do a surgery like that? Because I imagine if you keep growing at that point, then like the plates and rods and everything is just like all of a sudden no longer fits or causes more problems. Mm. It's it's really a timing game. So with me, they had to wait long enough that my bones were actually bone enough, like ossified enough that they wow. could drill into it without it shattering. Oh my lord! But they also couldn't oh. time it too late because once my growth plates are closed, there's not much they can do right. because well, yeah. there's not much manipulation they can do, I, and I, it's a very lengthy. I want to I want to get like into the the nitty gritty of the the surgeries. I mean, we, we can do that a little bit later, but before we do um two things first one how many surgeries have you had pertaining to dwarfism in total i believe i've had about 13 holy fuck all right fuck. that's uh that's a few yeah i mean uh, almost uh yeah like one and a half like uh yeah three the, quarters of a one every year the other thing i'm curious about um because so your your father is also uh living with dwarfism your mother is not um when do you know like is did they know that you were going to have dwarfism uh, while you were in utero? Was that something that they knew, or they were like, "We're, we're only going to find out, we'll find out when he comes out." So there's about a fifty-fifty chance when a little person is having a child with an average height, or vice versa, that is about a fifty percent chance that it's going to come out as a little person. Right. There's also a bigger chance; it's about seventy-five percent if both partners are little, mm -hmm. and then in that seventy-five percent, there's about a five to ten percent chance, I believe. 
that if both of or the couple, if they are different types of dwarfism, then there's a chance that the two types of dwarfism can actually fuse together, Whoa. and that can cause what's that sounds called, bad. Yeah, that's double dominance, and unfortunately, there isn't a lot of situations where the baby lives. Oh, oh wow! Oh, crazy. Now you 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 said average height. Like if one of the parents are average height, what if one of the parents were like a fucking NF- NBA, like you know, seven foot tall? <laughs> Like, does that change the odds at all, or it's just genetics? I, I think it's just genetics, but... Yeah, it's worth asking. It you never know. <laughs> you never, yeah, you really never know. Your mom's not short. Your mom, you, your mom, uh, right. your mom can probably slam dunk. I don't know. I think she's about 5'10". <laughs> yeah. I like to That's call That's fucking taller than me, dude. <laughs> when, when you, like, kind of on the, on the back of the idea of the surgeries and stuff, like, you, you're a very, you're a very mature, you're a very mature guy. You were mature when we fucking met you when you were 11. And you're mature, you're, you know, I feel like you've, I feel like it's, it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, even just being up here for a few minutes to everybody that, you know, you're beyond your years in terms of maturity. And I'm sure a lot of that comes with having to face a shitload of surgeries, which are, are daunting. But like, at the same time as you've seemed to have, you seem to deal with all that really well and, and kind of take it in stride. Um, what is the, you know, like, what's that feeling of being, being really young, like, you know, maybe when you are in your, like, around 10 years old or something and going, going to get a surgery, like, what is that like? What are the conversations like with your parents and how it's explained to you and how you feel that you have to go in and have this, you know, really quite invasive, intense surgery? It was something that was really hard once I kind of realized what was happening. When I was four years old, I had no idea. They yeah. told me I was going to wear a metal cage around my head for the next eight months after the surgery that weighs half as much as me almost. Holy I, fuck. Not quite, sorry, about a couple, five Did months. you have a halo? Like I a did, halo? I had a halo, yeah. And so when they told me that at about four years old, not a clue. Yeah. I go in there, yeah. oh, I get a popsicle at the end, right? Sure. Yeah. Not a clue. Um, and it's a shitty deal, to yeah, be honest. It is yeah, a shitty deal. Yeah, popsicle. I know, they pulled you know, me out of kindergarten. Yeah. Like fuck, man. It's very long like, yeah. Kindergarten relationships, yeah. you know, those yeah. are foundations. But did you get a wish? I didn't. No. What the fuck? I know. Oh. I know, right? I guess. I guess, this guy got a wish. I got a fucking wish. Really? And well, I, I, and I, I guess if I, if I wake up from a surgery and get a wish, I know it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he went to a he went to, he, he chose to go to our local shit mall. Really? To get like a pair of shoes. Or I did. Something. Yeah, I did. I, I got a disc man, anti skip protection, nice pair of Nikes, whatever. But you, skip protection. but you went in a limo. I did go in a limo and I had lobster dinner as well. So uh, let's move on. Yeah, Enough yeah. about me. Caden, uh, I, I know that. So again, the last time we spoke to you, or I mean, the last time we spoke to you in person, you were 11. Um, and now you are 17. Uh, I'm also aware that you, uh, you, are, you, you just started university, first year of university. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. Uh, business commerce, that's where you're taking? I am. All right, going to be a hotshot fucking businessman. I like it. Hopefully, that's the plan. Uh, what, uh, one thing that I'd love to talk to you about, and this is something we talked about when we, when we talked with your father. Um, one of the things that I loved so much about that conversation was talking about accessibility <laughs> with the two of you, or with the three of you, I guess, with your mom there. And uh, I, I thought it was really neat that, like, your dad sort of, uh, sort of, like, decked out your house to be, like, accessible for dwarfism specifically. I have a photo, actually, of the family home, um, which maybe we can, like, kind of talk about, like, this is the kitchen. You got a drawer in the bottom there that is not used to keep anything. It's just, a, like, a step stool, basically, which is fucking great. That's really cool. Um, now, I know that because you're starting university, you are now living on your own 
which is very exciting, but also probably a little bit daunting, right? Like going from a home that is accessible, made for you, like, you know, very customized. Um, what was it like to leave home? And my assumption is that like, you're gonna go stay in what, like a dorm room or like your own kind of, like did you get access, did you get like an accessible um, uh, accommodation through your school or what's the situation there? So I did get an accessible accommodation, but yeah, going from living at home, I've been extremely fortunate because my dad, who is also a little person, like we said, he has pretty much figured everything out from driving to the kitchen. That was all him. So he had most of those designs in his head before I even came along. Once I came along, it put them into motion and he said, okay, shit, we got to get this done. So I've been really fortunate that I've had everything pretty much built for me. Um, or if we do come across a problem, my dad is very, like, he, he can build pretty much He's a handy motherfucker. Yeah. He is, he is. You is wouldn't it? know it looking at him, but... <laughs> Burn, Jim. Jim. Isn't it Jim. crazy? He's going to crush you, dude. It's, um, it's, it's crazy, though, because, like, when I, hear you, when I hear you say that, I think of how, like, to you, accessibility isn't a challenge in your family home that you grew up in because that situation, that home is built for you. But, like, when you go into the into a city or into like the rest of the world it's not accessible but not because it can't be but because it hasn't been designed that way yeah and so like there's a lot of and and even with the i was i was saying this to the guys the other day i worked on um the canoe world championships were in in halifax in august and we were trying to arrange for accessible transportation and we had every accessible bus in the city booked for our event and it still wasn't enough for the people who uh, use wheelchairs that that needed it and that really like struck me because like no matter even though we were like trying to do our best job it just wasn't we weren't able to accommodate these people and I imagine that I'm imagining that as a little person your accessibility needs are even different than somebody who uses like a power chair for example so like how does like is your university accommodation that is like accessible? Is it actually accessible for you with like counters that are this high and you know those types of things? So when I went to my, I have an apartment on campus at my university. It's in the new building that they just built, and so it's an accessible apartment. It's wheelchair fit, so it's bigger, so you can easily get around. Mm -hmm. I've got my own bathroom and my own bedroom, and then a little bit of a living room that I can fit like a TV and a futon in, right? And so I've been lucky to get that. But when I did come, originally, I can't reach a thing. Because yeah. even the bathroom, the definition of accessibility in general mm. is meant for people with wheelchairs. Right. Sure. So an example, mm. a toilet. You go to an accessible washroom, the toilet is like 10 fucking feet tall. <laughs> right. <laughs> that does not work for me. And they're me. like, hey, it's accessible. And yeah, like, exactly. Not for me. So I have to bring in my own modifications. So like the kitchen that you just showed the picture of, we actually took, you know, Basically, probably this table, like a pong table that you play beer pong on, right? I got a video of it right here, actually. You can like, kind of walk us through it. You, yeah, got, uh, you got tables there. Exactly. So those are just basically portable tables that you can get a Canadian tire. And we just cut the legs in half or took out the bottom ah, half That's how you made them the so legs. small. Yeah, and Fuck the yeah. reason we went with something like that is because it's light and it's easily removable. So we could have went for something more permanent or like a TV stand or something like that. But this just makes more sense because... If it gets damaged or 
something like that. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I'm going to be having kids, like young kids around. Not young kids, but teenagers. You know how it goes. Yeah. But is that, um, your, is that your girlfriend in the back there? Well, you're thinking too far ahead. That's my mom, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, slow down, Tiger. I, I knew that. Do you, do you use those um, for beer pong too, like accessible beer pong? <laughs> yeah. You know, I would love to. Nobody else reaches them, so it's completely. I'm ready to I mean, go. Yeah, right? yeah, like that, everybody it looks like could it'd be a good, like seated, seated pong kind yeah, of deal. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know? is there you should. is there any way like uh, something that comes up a lot? Do they, do they supply you with uh, with accessible kegs at the university? <laughs> How's that work? Yeah. No, should, just right? joking. You don't drink. Seventy five liter kegs. I'm seventeen, man. Yeah, that's right. You're seventeen. Liters. You would never You're think of doing that. Is there any way something that comes up a lot when we uh, when we t- t- chat about accessibility? It's it's it seems to be really common that we uh, chat about things that um, I believe it's known as the curb was it the curb cutting curb curb cut curb cut, curb, um, curb cut yeah the curb cut effect where you know you there's something that is inaccessible to somebody for whatever reason let's 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 call it wheelchair onto the curb which and then they cut the curbs and now that's accessible to wheelchairs but now it also serves a whole bunch of different purposes that makes life easier for. It's every, accessible for, for you, every, wheeling for Zay around. Exactly, yeah. yeah. For everybody, it becomes like it becomes something yeah. that is is helpful. Um, like, you know, is there is there anything that um, is there anything that falls into that category that you can think of that's like you know maybe that that kind of like really suits um, like accessibility in the way that you view accessibility, um, or is there or is there something that or is there something that that the average person would go, oh, fuck, I never thought of that. You know, like something that, because I find that that's something that I do all the time when we have accessibility conversations. I just go, fuck, I, like, I don't, I, that's not something that has jumped to my mind because, you know, I, it's, it's not something that I, that, I, that I really need but will be helpful for I mean, me. the toilet thing, that was one for me already where I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, toilets. Like, that's... Like make them lower? Yeah, make them lower. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of that, and it's always the shit that you don't expect. Like, even university, I had the problem, all of the chairs. I have the ability to get an accessible seat. They put me in the corner of the room. I'm kind of not included with my peers. I would rather sit at the back with some of my friends, right? So that's why we have my backpack. There's just a little plastic insert that goes around the backpack. You can't even tell it's there. And if my laptop and everything still fits in it, and that's what I sit on Mm -hmm. because it gives me a boost of height. The one thing that I criticize about my university is they have these chairs and they're attached to each other, but they're on like basically like these, like microphone mounts. And they're like spring loaded so that when you get off them, they Mm. shoot under the desk. Mm -hmm. When you can't reach the floor, you get shot under the desk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny, but that's funny. It is. (laughs) I'd be mid lecture sitting there, and then all of a sudden you'd hear a and I'm under the desk. You're oh, like, I'm right, like no. right here, right? Yeah. So that's <laughs> something nobody would think of. Right, of course. Yeah, and yeah. so it's a lot of that. It really is a lot of that. And the ramps are probably the number one thing that are the best invention. Right. But they're also poorly executed what, a lot of what the What pisses you off the most? Like, what is, like, what is the thing that you, uh, you come up against really often? You're just like, fuck, again with this? Probably people using elevators that don't need it. Mm. That pisses me off when I'm like in my building and there's somebody going to the second floor. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And 
I don't. Well, you know home, who you are. They come home yeah, from exactly. Like a, a Half run. of the audience probably yeah. does, right? They're ducking <laughs> it's a fun in their ride. seats right now. Well, don't but don't bash the audience. I'll try not to. <laughs> hey, you guys. No, no. these are all angels. This isn't this isn't angels. Edmonton, okay? We yeah. we gotta love these guys. <laughs> it's probably all we want to come back. Exactly. Um, I, I do. One of the things that I'd love to talk about because uh, I, I think it's I, I it's one of my favorite elements of like hanging out with you and your dad is uh, the the use of segues. Um, there, it's it, you know I'm sure that you've probably been asked in the past, uh, uh, you know, wh why a segue and not a, a wheelchair, right? Like everything is so like wheelchair accessible. So what is what's the what what's the reasoning for that between like a segue and a wheelchair? Why not? Why not use a wheelchair or a power chair? So for me, it's having a power wheelchair, it's honestly a pain in the ass. Yeah. It works for some people, and it does great things for some people. For me, the Segway goes 18 kilometers an hour. I can keep up with my friends when they're jogging, whatever. Dude, it looks like it goes way faster than that shit. I know, right? This fucking thing. There you go. Dude, you're going like 50. No. Oh Did you, do that? That. Did you do that, that effect? No, that's that a you? trending sound on TikTok. <laughs> Just oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm 31. How fucking <laughs> old are you, dude? Yeah. So, crazy, yeah. Do you know what TikTok is? What? <laughs> uh, there's another video that Clocks? I love, which, which is like showing, again, because that, to that, that point of like wheelchairs, for you, a wheelchair, like for some people, a power chair is like, that, it's amazing. It's, it's yeah, exactly what sure. they need. But for you, it, 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 it's, the segue is much more versatile, much more, like, accessible. Um, there's another TikTok that you have that I love, which is you cleaning your, your apartment. Oh, uh, not that one, but, uh, but this one. Look at that. I fucking want that. You're like a, you're, you're a, like a human, Roomba. A you're human Roomba, a human, yeah. Yeah, a human Roomba. A human Roomba. You also look like you have a lot of fun cleaning, which I could use I a little do. bit of that in my, my life. My neighbors hated me. So good. See, that's like that's like kind of the thing that I was that I was referring to, like the 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 segue. The segue. It's like it is it it is one of those things that's like yo. This was this was. Well, I mean, maybe that way. Is, that a, is, is it a modified one for you, or is it like, how does it work? So a Segway out of the box comes with a post for average height people that just goes between your knees, and it's supposed to be like a hands-free. You move your legs left and right to be able to use it, turn it, whatever. For me, that knee thing is like up my ass, right? So yeah, yeah. it just does not work. <laughs> Which would be fun for some. For some, yeah, hey? Yeah, depends on what you're into. Doesn't float my boat. But okay, fine. That, that's, okay. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's okay. Yeah. You're still young. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> maybe. But We've got time. You're still young. <laughs> so the handlebar is custom made. Um, my dad designed that 3D modeling and then got it produced at a local fabrication shop. But that is the best thing about the Segway is it's yeah. just nimble, right? I can take mm -hmm. it anywhere. I've taken it up the bush, like with my Jeep, using it around the trails, right? Like everywhere. It you goes everywhere, you're right? Such a I've definitely I eaten it. it a couple times and I have a couple scars to show for. Well, it. yeah, I was going to say, like, you've ever, like, I mean, the, the guy that built the Segway, he's dead because of the Segway. The guy drove a, accidentally right. drove a Segway off a fucking cliff. Have wait, you ever, wait, that's real? Accidentally. That's real. No, yeah. no, that's real. Yeah, the, the, real. the, the founder of the Segway was segwaying around on his, like, mansion, and they lived on, like, a bluff. And he was like, guys, isn't this... Ah! 
<laughs> fell to his death, unfortunately. Rest in peace. Um, but have you ever, like, um, like again, because that thing rips. It's, you can find it funny. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> no. Whoops. Um, <laughs> have you ever, like, have you ever bailed hard on that thing? Like, like I, the, one of my favorite videos that came out when, when, like, those hoverboards were, like, a thing was, like, people in their, like, mansions being like, this thing's sick, and then they just slam into a fucking counter and, and like, go tits up. Have you, ever, have you ever fucked up with your Segway? I have. So this one I've only had for the last three or four years, so I haven't had too many wipeouts on this one. Um, definitely a few. My biggest one was, I believe I was in grade six, and it was, like, concession at my intermediate school. I had a hot dog in this hand. I had a blue slushie oh, in this hand. No. And I was clipping, like, full speed along, and I hit a rock. And one tire went up, and I went the other way. Yeah. Blue slushie all over me. I oh. cut my elbow open. Yeah. I, like, I'd get stitches. It, that was the worst one. The, what I appreciate about that story is that you said hot dog and not glizzy so that Taylor could understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for using We're, accessible language when, for me. When, yeah, uh, <laughs> appreciate that. When, when, <laughs> when, when stuff like that happens, uh, do you feel embarrassed, or are you just like, do you just shrug it off now? Oh, no, you're at the bottom of the earth. When you, when you do that, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. there's yeah. some hot chicks walking by. Hey, and you're yeah, down. Yeah. That is the most, that's the worst feeling. <laughs> So, so back to the the like accessibility conversation. Um, I know, and you've kind of like you've mentioned this that you're you're really big into uh, your Jeep, um, uh, which is super cool and again the most hick thing ever. Uh, and you're big on uh, is it called wheeling or mudding? What is it? Wheeling is more trails, so like in between trees, up the mountains. Mudding is just what that is. Look at this shit, dude. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have dude, a deer just strapped to the hood. It really speaks for itself. It, it does look it. it does look super fun. But so so my question is, um a Jeep, I mean fuck, like when I when when I get in the car and Kira has like taken it out, Kira's probably like she's just just a bit taller than you. And when she takes the car <laughs> when she takes the car, I get in and I go, holy fuck. Like it feels like Maybe like like it feels like a very short person was driving it, um, but my my you know I'm, I can't see the side of you here, but I'm sure most people can see like your legs don't don't reach very far. So how the fuck do you drive a full ass jeep with without legs that are you know as long as an average sized human? So I use what's called pedal extensions. So it's basically exactly what it sounds like. Just brings the pedal up closer to me, and so that's the setup there. It's also got a seat on it as well. Um, the seat is probably the most important thing because you want to make sure that you're not going anywhere. And then the pedals, or you can't really see it in that frame, but the pedals are I think you cut to it here in a sec, yeah. yeah. So essentially the pedals are like this metal floorboard with two, or not two hinges, one hinge for the gas pedal, and then the oh, brake yeah. pedal is separate from the floorboard because you definitely don't want to lose the brake pedal. Also, uh, did you just find that at a junkyard? What the fuck is that? <laughs> that, that was one of the first... <laughs> first models we've done, but that's actually honestly the best one we've done. Yeah. It it shows for wear, but you know when you is that the brake like the one that's sticking up there? Yeah, so oh, the okay. one that's sticking up that's the brake, and it's actually like permanently attached to the top of the brake pedal, like right the metal bracket at the top of the pedal, mm -hmm. because you definitely don't want to lose I, that. I have no. a question that that might be like more boring, but it's something that like my brain immediately immediately thinks about when you modify a vehicle like this. I. I wonder... Sorry, uh, bro. I didn't mean to uh, cut you off there. You just got just bored of my question. I just wanted, just I just wanted to turn this shit up. Let's fucking go. Dude, you look so sick right there. Right? 
Um, Sorry, I didn't realize there was music there. <laughs> I, but uh, but uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, if you modify your vehicle like that, does insurance still cover you? So mm-hmm. to my Good understanding, question, if you're doing anything pedal extension-wise, you're okay. The second you move to hand controls is when it's a big thing and you have to get it approved. You have to get it built by this specific person. Mm. I believe there's only one person on the island. And so hand controls is an option, and a lot of people that I know use it. But for me, I'm not, like, if my mom wants to drive the vehicle, for example, this whole setup comes out in five minutes, right? Oh, wow. So this setup just seems more fitting to my lifestyle because Mm. I want to be able to take it out in five minutes and anybody can drive it. Mm -hmm. Everybody spit out your last drink because that's the inverse of when Brian says something extremely intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Very smart. You thought that was smart? I did. I really, that was, I thought that was an excellent question, Brian. But I am curious, when you, when you install something like that, is there a risk, especially if you're taking it out and putting it back in, like, have you ever been driving and like all of a sudden your fucking whole, that whole plate like comes loose? So I haven't. I've never had that problem. And everything is pretty secure. So if you see, the floorboard is actually attached and it's like a hitch receiver. So you drop the floorboard into this receiver that's welded to the seat bracket at the bottom there. And then you put a pin right through the whole system. And that locks it in place. And you definitely tighten the nut on the other side. And but it'd be fine. It's not it, moving. It'd be mm-hmm. fine if it fell because the brake isn't a part of the plate. Yeah, that's right. Worst case scenario, the brake is still going to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm curious about, like, um, I'm sure you have, like, lots of stories about this, but sort of... Uh, public reaction you know like you're driving that jeep say you like pull into like a drive through or some shit and like you pull up do you ever get people looking into the the car and go what the fuck is going on here like it <laughs> when i first got my license so that was when i had my l and so one of my parents had to be with me i was driving with my mom and we were going through tim hortons double <laughs> double or whatever the order is um and so we were getting the order and drive throughs with short arms is another problem. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. So, yeah. Thank God COVID happened yeah. when they took those fucking, the POS yeah. systems, and they're like, here you go on the fucking go-go gadget arm. They put, them on, they put them on hockey sticks in the early days. They the, did. The early yeah. days. I think that was just Tim Hortons. They were like, come on. Like, they were like, yeah. they were like oh, Canada. We're Canadian. Yeah. So get, your, get your Tim Beebs on, on a hockey <laughs> stick. Ew. But yeah, so with a drive through I have to park really close. And so, and even still, I have to, like, lean out the window to reach, pay whatever. And so there's this old couple sitting in, like, the seating area of this Tim Hortons. And I don't think they knew that I could see them. (laughs) And the old lady is, like, sitting towards me, husband with the back to me or whatever. And she looks at me, and the jaw just hits the floor. (laughs) And she's, like, dead stare. And then I'm looking at her, like, okay, get over it. And then she (laughs) taps her husband's shoulder, and then he whips around. And they're just... Breaks his neck. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? And so, yeah, the public experiences are hilarious. Yeah. Even when parking this thing, nobody expects somebody who's three and a half feet tall to jump out of a lifted yeah. Jeep, open the back, throw it a Segway, and we're on the road, right? Fuck yeah, dude. Nobody expects Fuck yeah. it. Drive the Segway faster than the fucking Jeep? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, like, uh, uh, we've been talking about this with a lot of different guests, like, d- depending on what their situation is, but... Um, this thing happened that uh, some people... Are, are you familiar with COVID? Do you hear about this? I've, I've heard about it once or twice, yeah. Global <laughs> pandemic, anyway, yada, yada. Um, I know that it fucked a lot of people's lives up. And uh, for myself, personally, like COVID was really scary, especially the early days. Yeah. Um, but with you and COVID, um, like, 
are, were you able to get vaccinated? Like, is there an immunocompromised situation with what you're dealing with, or? So there was a bit of an immunocompromised kind of system when the vaccines first came out. But during the early stages of COVID, I completely left school. So my COVID hit when I was in grade 10, spring break. Nobody went back to school for the rest of grade 10. Then grade 11 came along and it started to open up. They had this quarter system where it's like you have two classes a day for three hours each, same classes for 10 weeks, then you switch so that you're staying in the same group. Didn't work because the lunch bell rang and we're all hanging out, right? <laughs> yeah, but, so for me, I took pretty much my whole grade 11 year off. And that's because, A, I was immunocompromised. And also, I was recovering from my spinal surgery. Ah. So it was kind of the best of a worst situation because I wasn't missing out on a lot of social activities because nobody was really doing them. But my whole grade 11 year, my recovery for my spine surgery was definitely extended my time off of school because of COVID. And so there was a bit of a vaccination process for me that I could get. I did get it earlier than most kids my age. Um, but even still, I didn't. I believe I went back for my grade 11 year with the last eight weeks because I had pre-cal 12 and didn't want to do that online. And that was pretty much the only reason I went back. But when I went back, super strict with the mask, and it, I wasn't able to hang out in groups lots mm. just because it's not a risk that I wanted to take. Pre-cal 12. Yeah. Did, That's pretty big, man. You are smarter than me. <laughs> did, you, did you did you end up did Shit. you end up getting um, getting COVID or or no? I've been lucky. I haven't got it yet. You're this guy. Really? Yeah. What the fuck know. is wrong with We're you guys? We're just different. Yeah, yeah. just built, have, built different. Thing, That's right. right. There you go. Yeah. I mean, really built different. I mean, like you're built pretty not so different. Well, I guess you, you're you're built different too. Yeah, yeah. but in different ways. <laughs> I honestly that wasn't, all, that wasn't a compliment. I, I, honestly I took it as such. That there, there could be um, some merit to like the flatulating thing, yes. where like it could yes. be killing COVID. Yeah, around yeah, yeah, that's right. right. He just that's has, right. Like, this aura I have a protective aura. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I know that uh, I know that you're going to school for like uh, commerce and business, but um, uh, I just recently learned this, like probably last year. But you, uh, you were doing some really cool work with CBC Kids. I was, yeah. So I was doing some videos and articles for CBC Kids News. I did quite a few videos talking about climate change, um, the uh, Paralympics I covered. I covered a variety of different topics. Cool. Um, most of my work was through video. Um, I did a couple articles, but that wasn't much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot for CBC. I recently just ended my contract in June, yeah. so I'm no longer working for them anymore. Well, you're technically for working for them tonight, okay? So Don't say anything bad. Speaking, <laughs> of, um, speaking of being on contracts, um, to come back to the accessibility piece, I, I was, like, every time we've been having this conversation, I've been thinking about how important it is to have accessibility consultants. Mm. And speaking of, like, you know, like, how your experience is different than a lot of people who have different accessibility needs, have you been, have you been asked to be part of the conversation when it comes to mm. making things more accessible? I haven't directly by anybody of importance. Uh, since being at UVic, there's a couple students that are like in engineering, they're doing a, process or a project on accessibility. Mm. So they've asked me, hey, what's the biggest problem on campus? Well, when the elevators shut down and this building's eight stories high, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. So those kind of things, a couple of people have come to be, but nothing where I could like really make a difference. But I definitely would like to get into that because the modifications that fit me still pretty much fit the majority of the other people that need accessibility needs. Mm. So making it work for me as well 
it's not taking away from anybody else. Yeah. So I, I would like mm-hmm. that would be cool to be able to have that conversation. Totally. Yeah. Um, something that that's I wanted to ask ask you since we started the conversation, and something that um, that I we I know we touched on with your dad, and I know that we touched on um, with our friend Matthew, who we did the episode with not that long ago. It, but but which is completely unique to the person um, is is language, and I think that language around um, dwarfism is something that that I kn- I know I know just in my personal experiences within the last couple of weeks is like really kind of cloudy for a lot of people. You know, I said to somebody maybe two weeks ago, like, yeah, we're gonna have our friend Caden on the show. He's a little person, and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa little person and I was like yeah I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty sure that's uh that's cool (laughs) and they were like oh really and I was like yeah yeah but I but that just the fact that they had no idea that that was kind of like uh the language that's that's used or and I is like is it unique or is it different depending on who you ask like Mm -hmm. you know what sort of what is the don't fucking say that, and this is cool mm. in terms of maybe maybe. Like, is there a difference between like dwarfism and dwarf? Yeah, like what's like what sort of what do you what do you what are your what's your take on that more broadly, mm. and then like maybe more individual to you if there's a difference. Sure. So, a broad kind of rule of thumb, dwarf or dwarfism is more of the medical term. So I mean, it's it's okay. Little person is kind of the most accepted. As a broad community, it's like what's most accepted. Mm. Um, midget is definitely the one that you would stay away from. Let's just it's, say the M word. Yeah, M word. Yeah. It's mm. a derogatory term, so it's pretty offensive to a lot of little people. Then again, there are some little people that don't care about it and right. typically use it. I'm not really one of those people. I like to stay away from it. But if somebody comes up and asks, like, hey, are you, and then uses the M word, I'm not going to like, it's not going to ruin my day, right? I'll just say, right. hey, Little person's the correct term, and then normally it's good. Yeah, I guess especially if they come at you in like this, like, hey, I'm wondering. Yeah, exactly, and it's all about the tone, right? If I'm walking down the street or segueing down the street and somebody goes, oh, my gosh, look at the M word, and then it's like, okay, you're kind of ignorant. Do you hear that? Do you hear stuff like that very often? A little bit. It's come and gone in popularity a bit. Um, Lately, I haven't heard it a lot. People are pretty okay with little person or that seems to be the general term yeah. now um, but definitely when people try to be a dick they yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. use it because they know it like sometimes gets under my skin yeah. mm. but I've also been really lucky to have a pretty good friend group so even like if my friends hear it out in the public they they're, stomp they're the ready fuck to out go of them. right yeah, yeah they're like, ready to go get yeah. there, there was one time I was in the mall and people taking pictures laughing staring and pointing at me oh. it's an everyday thing right I'm used to it not that it's acceptable, but hey, you know, life's life. And so I was walking with one of my buddies, and so he noticed this group of girls were taking pictures of me, whatever. I didn't even notice because I just wasn't caring. And so he yelled across the whole mall, what the F do you think you're doing? And they were, they were like, folded. Do you say F or do you say fuck? Oh, he said fuck. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. And like fuck ev- yeah, dude. everybody in the mall, in that hallway, just snapped around. We're yeah. like looking to see what's happening. Right? And then the I girls were like, we're looking at his TikTok. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We love his TikTok. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank.
I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. For myself, like, uh, you know, a big part of living with CF. Uh, humor and laughter and levity have been like a really important, uh, you know, alternative therapy for me. And I know how to have fun with my disease at my own expense, to which like sometimes in the past have made some people uncomfortable. Um, but the more uncomfortable they are, the more I'm like, fuck yeah, that was a good one. So like, and I know, I know that you do like to have fun. Actually, you know what? I'm going to play this right now. I know you like to have fun with your, your disability. This is, you sent me this TikTok, dude. I shit my fucking pants when I saw this today. <laughs> you fucking psycho. Um, don't cancel him. It's just a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And it's a good joke. It's a good joke. That's a good joke. It's a good joke. Um, so, so, like, in terms of having fun with your disability, have you found ways to do that? And, and specifically, I kind of want to ask this because we're spooky season is, like, right around the corner. Halloween's my favorite fucking time of the year. Like, when Halloween comes around, are you, like, are you, like, I, I've been gifted with this ability to, like, have more fun with costumes or like or anything like that like do you do you find ways to have fun with your disability i do yeah i think humor is a big part of it and it's something that i definitely use it's also a bit of an icebreaker because when yeah. people who i'm meeting for the first time they have this unconscious bias they don't really know how to react but if i bring in humor to it then they realize hey this kid's just an average 17 year old kid half the size so humor is definitely something I do use a lot, especially if my dad's getting mad at me. I'm like, oh, settle down there, Elf, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, right? whoa, Jim, you are fucked, he's, dude. He's gonna, you are fucked. He's going to crush you. I know. He, he's going to get mad at me after that. She's just stoking that. the but parental fire. I do, I do. So me and him banter back I mean, you moved out. He can't fucking ground time. you now. That's Fuck right. you, Dad. That's right. <laughs> Till he stops paying my rent. Then that's true. Ah, whoops, my bad. Just joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. It is. Yeah. So me and him banter back and forth all of the time. And it's hilarious. And even within my close friend groups, we banter back and forth quite often. Um, But yeah, humor is something, like I said, that I try to incorporate in my life a lot because I'm three and a half feet tall. I got to get over it. Like, it's just funny, right? In some situations, it's funny. Mind you, I will never dress up as an elf and go to mall to take pictures with Santa. I just won't do it. But what a drunk elf I mean, for Halloween. That would be pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, I was going to say, you you could do it without telling them and just run in there and be the elf that just like flips the fucking table. And it's like, that's the naughty elf. And, and Santa's just like, what the fuck? The business side of me wants to dress up as an elf Christmas time. Oh, yeah, I take the money. You know, go to get your picture totally. taken. Yeah. There you go. Get yeah. your bet. Yeah. Yeah. Just take that's all very entrepreneurial. Around. Exactly, Absolutely. that's what I'm thinking. It's whispered to all the kids. Santa's not real. <laughs> but, but in, in terms of like, like you're as you're, you're you're talking about you using see him, humor. He's drunk. <laughs> yeah. you're, like you're 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 talking about using humor to like manage your experience in living with your the situation that you've been dealt. 
but I wonder about like your mental health and like has have there been moments where it's felt like yeah. really unfair or like really tough? Yeah, definitely. And it it comes in waves, right? Sometimes I feel on top of the world and other times it's like a bit down, right? Um, the hardest thing sometimes can be in social environments where it's like I'm not with a lot of people that I know. Yeah. Everybody I grew up with in my high school it's not even a thing, right? I mean, it's easy to talk to people, make friends. I've got lots of friends back home. In new social environments where a lot of people don't know me, it can be a bit challenging, um, but I kind of just have to get over it, right? Once I go up and introduce myself, hey, I'm Caden, yada, yada, then it's easy, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's an icebreaker. But there is the hardest thing in social environments is I don't know why people have a tendency to, like, huddle up and, like, just talk in their circle. Yeah. And then it's, like, other people are joining the circle, whatever. I can't fight anything. So it's, like, I'm just sitting out there, hey, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, there we go. But sometimes I can barge in, right? So that's kind of when it can be hard and it can be challenging. Throughout COVID was also pretty hard because being isolated at my home for pretty much a full year and not even seeing any of mm. my friends, that was pretty hard because I didn't keep in contact with a lot of my friends. Not a lot of people reached out. Yeah. Gave me a bit of a new perspective on kind of life and friendships. So during going through that, it was a bit challenging. Nothing too bad, but it was, mm. you know, like, what did I do to deserve this once in a while? So, yeah. And sometimes I wake up, and I would love to be able to go play basketball or play hockey with my buddies, right? But I find my way around it. Sure, I can't play basketball, baseball, or hockey. PS5. That's where you go, hey? Yeah, that's, that's my yeah. That's my jam. Dude, hell yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I can't play on the ice, but I can be on the media team, and I yeah, can do yeah. the photography for I them, can't right? fucking stop on skates, but I'll tell you right now, you play me in NHL 2022, I'll fuck your shit yeah, up. We'll yeah. have to have a go then. <laughs> All right, you know, fucking bring it, bring it. Fucking bring it. <laughs> fuck, holy my God. Something that we've, uh, something that we have um, talked quite a bit about on the show, and that, like... Is that vodka? What the fuck? What? <laughs> That's hey. a straight vodka, from top to bottom. Hey. Um, something not that as light as I look. Actually, hold on. Actually, I did, to that point, sorry to cut you off. I know you're not allowed to drink. Yeah. Hypothetically. But hypothetically, let's say yeah. you're drinking. Yeah. What's the deal with drinking and like and and uh like, and, the and amount. like copious yeah. amounts of cocaine? What do you what's the deal? Hy hypothetically, if I in this world of hypotheticalness, I save so much money. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. Like it that easy. is the best perk, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah you, you do. Hypothetically speaking, because yeah. you haven't tested the hypothesis, yeah. but it's, it's, it's strictly uh, hypothesis. Oh my You'll wait to test it in a year and hypothetically now. though, like how much? Just <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically like, like it this depends much? like how much the night's going. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically it's like two or three and I'm like pretty good. Hypothetically, <laughs> sometimes it goes above six or so, and then that's really good. Oh, hypothetically, you shit, but, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's not you're not it's not that light. No, yeah. no, but for me, like all my buddies, hypothetically, spend so much money <laughs> yeah. in a night. Hypothetically. hypothetically, I'm out like ten bucks, and we're good to go. <laughs> oh my god, I love this realm of hypothesis. Oh, so good. Right? We found ourselves in. I just want to say, test it. Oh fuck. I, uh, I not hy I, not hypothetically, but uh, can uh, oh, Jeff, on, if you're back there, can you beer me right now? <laughs> All this talk about alcohol is making me thirsty. Thirsty is making me thirsty. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Um, something that we've uh, just got wooed from. Fuck. 
Seinfeld Stop reference. talking about Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. God damn it. George is fantastic. Anyway, um, something that we've uh, talked about a lot about on the show is like is the difference between the difference between um, acquiring something later in life, like getting a cancer diagnosis or something like that, whatever. Yeah. Something that you get later versus being born with something and mm. like the way that, you know, you know, like for Jer, you know, I could be like, oh, what's this like with CF? And for the most part, he's kind of like, well, I don't fucking know because I've always had CF, you. you know? It's like, you know, it's not like somebody chopped you off with the legs and now you're smaller. Like you've been small your whole life. And so like how does... How does that sort of um, how does that kind of play out for you? Like, is, like do you just do? You, it's sort of a variation, I guess, of what Brian asked you. Like, do, you know, do you have like you have times where you are feeling like you know you feel like it's a shit hand, or you know, or is it generally just like yeah. you know this is yeah? It. Brian already asked the question, but just repeat no, the I question because he I, wasn't I, fucking I, listening. I can repeat with a different answer. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> And if you keep it to hypotheticals, that would be great. <laughs> and if you could include a Seinfeld reference, <laughs> that would also be helpful. If you make a Seinfeld reference right now, you're get, I'm fucking kicking off the stage. I'm sorry. That would be if I knew what Seinfeld was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're so fucking Not old. <laughs> Glizzies, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, so... My whole life, right, I didn't just wake up one morning half the size, although that would be a killer experience. <laughs> but <laughs> my whole life, I've kind of had to deal with it. Um, shaping back to the question that you asked about how do I deal with having surgeries and stuff, mm. like I said, at a young age, I really didn't know a difference. The, my turning point was at, I can't remember the age, but it was like grade five. That was my big hip surgery that was coming up, the double hip osteotomies that we talked about. That's when I like realized, okay, they are literally cutting my bone yeah. into two, reshaping it and restructuring it with metal rods, plates. It's potentially going to affect my mobility. I'm going to be able mm -hmm. to less to walk less after surgery because it's a future game. We're playing for the future here. So when that kind of realization hit, it was pretty hard. And even for that surgery, when I realized what was actually happening. I was like, I'm not getting the surgery done. Like, just not a chance. Even building up to the surgery, we got to the hospital. I was out of the parking lot so fast. Like, eventually I did come back because I realized if I don't have this surgery, I'm not going to be able to walk. Mm. And sure, it's going to suck for the next year and a half, two years. But when I'm 40, I'm going to be thanking myself for this. Mm -hmm. And so having that mindset is kind of, I just have to get shit done. My back surgery, for example, was another huge surgery with a decent amount of risk. And I mean, I had a 90-degree curve in my scoliosis, so in my spine, it looked like an S. Whoa. And so when I had that, the if I didn't get my surgery, I would have just went paralyzed. That curve would have got worse and worse, yeah. and I was not starting, but I was very close to starting to develop some symptoms of my scoliosis, so paralysis, loss of control in the limbs. If I didn't have my surgery when I did, I, it would eventually have led yeah. to that. So even though that surgery was another two years fully, till I'm fully recovered, even to this day, there's still a couple things that I'm not able to do like I was before. Like what? Uh, throwing a ball, actually. Oh, yeah? And that's the one thing I've really noticed. Because before my surgery, I still used to be able to like bend my back. I could lean back, throw a ball. But now, because of my 
spine is literally held in with metal rods that do not move. And if they do move, it's another huge surgery. So I can't lean back to get the power to throw the ball. Do you have to be careful about that? Like, like moving? Do they tell you to like not try to throw a ball? So specifically, hypothetically, no, no ball, ball hypothetically. Yeah. So when I first had my surgery, um, one thing that I really like to play is sledge hockey. Mm. And for those of you that don't know, it's para hockey. Basically, you just sit with your legs straight out. You're on a sled. You have two basically mini hockey sticks with spikes on the end of them, and you Fuck use your yeah. arms. That's right? so badass. It's pretty badass. It's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's also the only time that I'm on a level playing field with average height people yeah. because right. I have pretty good upper body strength. So I wasn't able to play for about a year because that repetitive movement was really hard on my lower back. Mm. And if I repeatedly had done that before my back surgery was fully recovered, then I would have a chance pulling the rods out from the bottom of my spine because of oh, that, God. that repetitive That's movement. That's fucking crazy. I mean, so like the surgery, uh, we're talking about the uh, back surgery in July of 2020? Yeah. Yeah. So that surgery I know is like, I mean, it's even just what you said here, it's very significant. Um, but it, it really only became apparent to me how significant that was after I saw the photos from the before, during, and after surgery. Yeah. Um, so this is a photo of your spine. On the far left is the spine before surgery, where yeah. you can see that 95-degree curve, right? That's a straight-up, like, old-school fucking S that you would, like, draw in your binder, like, with the cool lines and yeah, shit. Yeah, And then the middle one, what's going on there? That's, like, that, is that in mid-surgery? So the middle one actually wasn't supposed to happen. About okay. a quarter way through my surgery, I went paralyzed. They lost signal in three of my limbs. Now, I don't know if it was two arms, one leg, or two legs, one arm. I think it was two legs, one arm. So mid-surgery, they had lost signal. They, put, they stick these little probes in your muscles to make sure that you still have spinal cord signal wow. when they're doing this. About quarter to halfway through, I lost it. And so they had this huge panic. They had to rush me out of surgery. And the reason I lost it is when you're manipulating your spinal cord, your spinal cord is pretty much the one thing that your body can't heal. Of course, there's some exceptions once in a while. There has been some success stories. But once the damage is done, it's pretty much done. So because they were manipulating my spinal cord so much and making it go from 90-degree curve to pretty much a straight line, my spinal cord swelled up. And what that caused to do is it cut off the fluid to go through the spinal cord. So I lost, like I said, two legs and one arm, I believe. It's like a temporary paralysis. So that's what they didn't know, if it was temporary or not. Mm. They thought it would be temporary, but it was hard to tell because once that damage is done, there's a chance it's done, right? So I actually had no idea. I came out of surgery, and I had they stapled my back together. So like with staples that you buy at the dollar store, like literal staples, I had about, I want to say I had like 40. Yeah, we, dollar store staples. Uh, uh, Victoria's like fucking up hard, eh? Well, that was actually in Vancouver. So all of my surgeries. Oh, wow, Vancouver's Vancouver. fucking up. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, Any I'm doctors sure in the audience tonight? Yeah, Any doctors tonight? You know, I'm sure they'll Round tell applause you for some... any physicians in the audience. Yeah, surgeons? There you go. <laughs> no? Cheers is trying And who's to... the physician that's buying the dollar store staples? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> they were, they were you originally... here tonight? <laughs> They were originally from Edmonton. They were just uh, <laughs> transferred. Oh, my God. Total well, man, guys, we, we're putting it's, this episode Kayden, out to the public. Jesus Christ. Kaden, is this... Edmonton, is this, we love you. I'm we just don't love you as much that. as Vancouver. Is this in your neck? What's that? Is, is, this, is this part in your... Is on the far left? Is that yeah. from a previous... Is that... I mean, you, you mentioned the occipital... 
uh, to to C five. Right, you can see no, the. You can is, see is, the, is that what that is? That's what there. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's in the back of my skull, and you can see it at the top there. So that's what I had when I was four. Yeah. Dude, Jared Jared told this story in Edmonton, but if you get cremated, you'll be able yeah. to sift through your ashes yeah. and find all of this hardware. Yeah. That's right. That would be sick. I mean, yeah. I won't be able to, but somebody somebody will. will. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. will. Yeah. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did it recently with my dog. I, I, I dug through my dog's ashes, Bigby, oh, and I forgot that he had uh, both of his knee, his ACLs replaced, and I was looking for a tooth. Uh, so I went, like, digging through the, the ashes, and I know, I know, and everyone's like, ew, it's carbon, fucking relax. And so I'm just digging through, and I found, I grabbed a thing, and I was like, oh, and I was curious with me. We were doing it where we eat, and she, that's why she was saying, oh. And, and I went, oh, my God, I think I have his entire jawbone. And I pulled it out, and it was the hardware of his knee. And it was still perfect. I could, I could build something with the screws and the plate. It's fucking pretty cool. So you somebody should, will yeah. dig through that when you're dead. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a thrift so, store for, like, yeah. used hardware. So, <laughs> so this is like... They like, give it back to the dollar store, and they're like, these are 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, here's your hardware. So this is, this is incredible, this one on the right. Yeah. Like, is this better than they hope for, or is this the goal? Like, they're like, we think we can get this dead straight. So it was the goal... Um, when I came out of so when I came out of my first surgery that meant to be one but came out to two so when I came out with both my legs and one arm gone um, I was expecting to be done and they oh so had, you like so it was two surgeries after the first surgery you came out and you actually were I was expecting to be done yeah I had no idea that yeah it went so wrong. so just just for clarification here this they was, yeah. they brought you out because they were like. Both both legs and one arm aren't giving any stimulation. If, so if they kept going, they could have and probably. Would and have so done you spent seven damage. days, yeah. um, and you had to lay below a. So what does this mean? You had to lay before below a forty-five degree angle for seven days until your spine was strong enough. What does that mean? So when I came out of this surgery, they had essentially cut all of the muscles. Um, connected to my vertebrae because they need full access to stick rods beside them, right, and drill into them. So they had cut all of the muscles that support my spine. So I had to lay below, so I couldn't sit above a 45-degree angle. So I had to lay pretty much below a 45-degree angle because if I stood up, there was a chance that my spinal um, vertebrae and stuff would just essentially collapse under So you were just like in a bed that was like... Yeah, it was like jello, right? If I stood up, I would just... Holy fuck, Jesus Christ. You said said earlier you were talking about, like, you said your 40-year-old self would thank you. And it made me think about um, your longevity. And I'm wondering if being a little person or having dwarfism affects your life expectancy. So there is, I shouldn't speak for every condition. I believe as a whole, dwarfism is not supposed to be related. Like, it shouldn't have any effect on your life expectancy. Mm. With my condition, that's also the same saying goes for it. At the same time, it's very likely that I get hit by a bus compared to one of you three. Like, <laughs> right. So in those kind of chances, I'm sure it brings the odds down or yeah. up a bit. Um, but from what I've been told, it shouldn't affect that. But I've also had, um, I know people that have had some medical problems stemming from their type of dwarfism that has led to... Right. Fatality. Right. One, one thing that I want to talk about is like when you go in for surgery, um, which I've been in for a few, uh, nothing as like wild as this. Um, but when you go in for surgery, there's like they, you know, they make you like sign off papers and stuff. I don't know. As a child, I, I don't remember ever signing papers. It was probably my paper, my parents doing it. I think your guardian signs for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, enough. but 
in that process, there's like a list of like, here's all the things that uh, could happen when you come when you <laughs> wake up. Um, and like when they're, we, you know, I know that it, this isn't the only surgery you had. You said you had, uh, you know, somewhere in the realm of what, like 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, you also had like a hernia surgery at one point, and like all this stuff. Did you ever, I've never been in a situation where I had to have surgery below my waist. But I feel like if I did, the first thing I'd be like worried about or concerned about is just my dick's not working anymore. Like, just yeah. they're like, sorry, we snipped it. <laughs> um, like, Wait, hold on. Wait, why below the waist? Well, I, well, I don't know. I'm like, if, like, if I'm getting sinus surgery, I'm not going, well, I hope my dick works when, I'm, <laughs> when I come out. Or like, you know. But what but are like, they doing below your waist that would affect your dick? But well, how about, the, how about this? I had, my, I had 75% of my, my large intestine removed, right? And so they're fucking cutting around in, in your intestines, which, like, if you go a little further down, like... <laughs> Your, your reproductive organs are, like, up in there. So, like, there's a chance you could wake up and they go, you are, you will, your dick won't work. Like, that's it. And so, like, I'm wondering with, like, stuff is that there, has... To, is there a chance? That's one of those that? rare... No, yeah, there's things. a chance. Uh, doctors, help me out here, please, for the love of fuck. Kira, you're a nurse. My dick works still, but could it not? Anyway. <laughs> what? What did you say? My spine. Right. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. Like, right, it's Kane. really got to be your spinal cord. Can help me out here. Uh, is your dick attached to your spine? I look. The toe <laughs> bone connects to the fucking ankle bone. The ankle bone connects to the femur bone. The femur bone connects to the hip bone. The hip bone connects to the dick bone. The dick bone connected to the spinal bone. Like, there's got to be some sort of worry of like, fuck, is my dick gonna be all fucked up when I wake up? So, funny thing. Like, I'm like, yes. So, I had I knew it. I don't tell many people this, but I had that exact worry when they <laughs> when they took me out my of man. my first spinal surgery. When the they same told me, irrational fear. When, when no, they it's told not me, that irrational. When they told me I lost three limbs, one arm. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You've lost your third leg. Dude, this guy fucks. Dude, you refer to your member as a limb? Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesus. So when, when they said that, they gave me all the reflex tests on the knees, on the ankle. Can you feel this? Can you One feel that? One on the dick. I could feel it, luckily. I didn't give a shit about my legs, like, if I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah. yeah. And so... Well, yeah, can we man. test the things that matter? Yeah. I know what you're talking about, dude. Here's the other problem. With my spine surgery, I gained about two inches of height. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I guess that makes sense because like yeah, you're all you, bent up. So you're like taking you a ninety degree curve and yeah. straightening it. Wow. So I gained a bit of height. Did this like put now, you? Did you gain yeah. dick length? <laughs> Dude, I wish. Did this that put you? Sick. Did this like, like tip you over the edge in your in your height contest with your father? It did. It put me right on the line. Jim, you're nice. fucked. <laughs> it's over. So when I had this surgery, they were giving me all these reflex tests. When I could feel my legs, I wasn't as worried about them. But to two inches in height isn't a lot to an average person. When you're a little person and you have short arms, two inches is a lot. Yeah. Especially when you can't go above a 45-degree angle. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there in the bed, butt-ass naked, covered by a couple blankets, and I'm, like, worried. Like, okay, they told me I might not be able to feel my legs. What else can I not feel? <laughs> Granted, I can't reach anymore because I've gained two inches of height, and my reach <laughs> before was already pretty short. 
So. Oh, no. No. So you're trying to reach. No, no. Also, no, I, got, no. I got my no, parents no, on both no, sides no. of the bed. It's a TikTok. Thing. I know. Don't, don't worry I, about it. I knew that. Uh, fucking busting glizzies. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. I have my parents on both sides of the bed. I'm thinking, fuck, I can't, like, make this obvious or, like, I'm not going to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, does my dick work? <laughs> and so I just lay there. I was like, fuck it. If it happens, it happens. Wasn't looking forward to it. Long story short, it was like a, the next day when I was... Because keep in mind, I am stoned out of my mind yeah. for this whole trip. <laughs> yeah. I was on fentanyl. I was on hydromorphine, Fuck. anesthetic from the surgery, codeine and Tylenol. Yeah. Like Hypothetically every, high. Medically <laughs> Hypothetically. high. So that was legal. There we go. All Hypothetically, good. eh? But so I was like out of my mind, right? And I'm just thinking like, please don't tell me I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have never been so thankful... If anybody here knows what a catheter is like, I do. It is not pleasant. No, I don't. I've thank never God. been so thankful to accidentally kick that cord in my life. Oh, <laughs> no. Wait, you know, funny story. I had it when I had that abdominal Wait, surgery. Hold on. What do you mean by that? Okay, you know what a catheter is, right? Yeah. Okay, when you accidentally, like, if you're moving your legs and you accidentally move the cord. It tends it to hurts. hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it meant I could feel the pain. Oh, yes. so you just meant you felt it. Okay. I yeah. thought you meant yeah, yeah, like yeah. I thought you meant you accidentally ripped it out of your your no. fucking. No, bladder. that would have been like, really bad. Well, speaking like, of catheters fuck. being ripped out of you, I, I just learned this. I, I had a catheter when I had my abdominal surgery. Yeah. And uh, and a, when a, a catheter, when you have a catheter in, the way the catheter stays in is that there's a balloon attached to that thing inside. So the catheter goes in, they blow up a, loop, a balloon inside so that the catheter doesn't just like just slip out. And so the balloon, when it's blow, blown up, like, it gives, you know, if you tried to tug on that fucking thing, yeah. A, it would hurt. Like, you kicking it made it hurt. That's It was the balloon probably that hurt. Well, when I had my catheter in post-surgery for the abdominal surgery, um, the the nurse that was taking care of me in the, the like, step-down unit, the step-down ICU unit, he was like, <laughs> he was like, I, I was all drugged up too. I was on like a bunch of whatever, hydromorphone. And he was like, all right, I have to take this catheter out. And I remember being like, okay, this is going to hurt. And he looked at me and he went, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And, and he, take the, he took the catheter and he was like, all right, ready? Breathe out. Three, two, one. And he pulled the catheter. And the catheter is like, it's not like, it's not a hard tube. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah it, I mean, he... He might as well have. They, they, it's not a hard. To, it's not like a, a solid. You know, like hard straw. It's like it's like a rubbery, like kind of a like a resistance band. You know, like one of those short little resistance bands. So he started to pull it, and it went. It was like a magic trick where he went. There's a lot in there. Was it like the end it. of a balloon stretching? Yes, exactly out? like that. And then it went, and it popped out, and I went. Ah! <laughs> So I, so I thought that was normal. I mean, you have a catheter, and like, I don't, I don't, I, there's the first time and only time I've had a catheter pulled out of my dick hole. And I told this story to my partner, who's a nurse in the CBICU, and she went, oh, no. No, that's not how that works. Like, catheters aren't supposed to be pulled out like that. She's like, I pulled out 5,000 catheters in the last 12 months, and you literally deflate the balloon, and it goes... This guy didn't deflate the balloon. Oh, 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 oh. That's not okay. Oh. And now when I pee, it just goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but my dick still works, right? Now he sits when he pees. Caden, <laughs> um, uh, uh, dude, I honestly, I got to say, man, you are 
you, your dad, your whole family, it, it's we're, you're one of the favorite, our favorite guests that we've ever had on the show. Um, I know that uh, we brought you on for, for a Feel Good Friday, like in the middle of the pandemic when you guys were on heavy lockdown. We brought you on because uh, we went to speak about the fact that uh, NASA was now opening up their applications to folks living with, with disabilities, which included little people. And we, we called you up on Feel Good Friday to be like, hey, do you want to be an astronaut? And uh, to which you said no. Um, uh, anticlimactic. To each their own. Um, but uh, I want to say I, I fucking love every single opportunity we get to speak to you. Uh, you, are, you are one of my role models. I think you're fucking rad. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you for, for A, coming all the way over here from, from Victoria to sit down and shoot the shit with us. I want to thank you for having the courage to get in front of a, an audience of people you don't know to talk about stuff that's so personal to you. It's really fucking incredible. And uh, just on behalf of myself, the guys, and everybody here, thank you. This has been so fucking cool, dude. So look, one of the, one of the fun things about doing these live shows is that um, you know when you're listening to a podcast, it's a one-way relationship. And I know that as a podcast listener and a podcast lover, there's been countless podcasts that I've listened to where while the conversation is happening, while the interview is happening, there are things that I'm just dying to know that I can't know because I'm fucking on the other side of an iPhone listening to this shit. And the best part about doing these live shows where we have you guys here is that there's an opportunity right now for you to chime in and ask the questions that weren't asked by us that you're kind of like dying to know. Um, so I want to open the floor up to any questions that anybody has for Caden. But also, I would love to kind of include Jim. Do you want to? Can you can you segue your ass up here and uh, just come around to the other side here, uh, Brian? Do you want to go like hold that ramp? We'll get Jim up here. So if there's any questions, just come around. Uh, go around the back. Yeah, man, that thing is fucking agile as shit. Holy fuck! You turned on a dime. That was cool. So uh, we're going to open up the floor for questions, you know, anything that you want to ask Caden, anything that you want to ask Caden's father, perhaps, um, we'd love to hear from it. Is, does anybody, like, just rant, like, raise your hands, the house lights are up so I can see. Yeah, so I have one at least. All right, cool. So we got at least one. Um, Jim, come on over here. Maybe, yeah. Bri, pull that mic out so we can, like, just, like, hand bomb the mic to one to the other. There you go. Yeah, yours. That's great. Um, go ahead. So I, I have one question over here. Yeah, go ahead. Katie. Okay, so just for the recording, because no one heard that who's listening to this at home right now, um, tell us about your TikTok. Why do you make the TikToks? You're approaching 60,000 followers. You're, you're like right on the cusp. Um, so why do you make TikToks? Who's it for? Who's your audience? Right, so I first started content creation pretty much at 11 years old. I first started my YouTube channel, and that's kind of where I found my love for making videos, videography. My inspiration was like Casey Neistat, Roman Atwood, those vloggers. So that's when I took my first spin on videography, producing videos, content, that kind of stuff. And that's where I fell in love with social media because it was a way that I could break down a barrier and show, hey, I'm three and a half feet tall. I have to go through a ton of surgeries. Deep down, I'm just a regular kid, right? And so it was a way that I could showcase that. And I felt that I could be a role model for other little people. And I've had a lot of little people parents that are both average height and having a little people child. I've had both them reach out a lot and ask me certain questions mm. because while, yes, I do have my condition, it hasn't stopped me from doing a lot, and I've always figured ways to do things. 
uh, you know, Jeep. Nobody thinks that I could be able to drive a Jeep, yeah. but I figure out a way to do it. Yeah. So it's really a platform that I can just showcase myself and just show, hey, I'm just a regular kid, and also I'm pretty memorable, so I'm pretty hard <laughs> to forget. Yeah, so that, yeah, you're that right. plays Hell an yeah, advantage, right. too. And if I could piggyback off that for a sec, I think that like one of the reasons that we do this show is to highlight to highlight people like you to have that voice for people who are dealing with stuff that feel like they feel like they can't or feel mm. like they are limited or anything and and to have voices that go, "Hey, don't let this shit Don't let d- this don't keep let- you from mudding. Yeah, ex- yeah, specifically wheeling and mudding. mudding. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's right. What the fuck is wheeling? Wheeling? Yeah, what is earlier, wheeling? dude? Okay, it's it's just like four buying. You're in a trail between trees, four buying, dude. Yeah, here if you go, to, you don't have to play it, but if you go to my latest TikTok, it shows a wheeling trip that I just went on this. I weekend. just I saw it and I was like I was like those trucks are bottoming out so fucking hard. I know. Yeah, that's got to cost the fun of it. You know what's funny? Mine is- doesn't, and I just. <laughs> Coast over everything. My uh, all, all the all the things that I have here that I've been like playing to like show videos and stuff. They all have titles. So this is like apartment, apartment two, uh, apartment video. Uh, you know, family home. This one is just titled Hick Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have the video of the of the. No, I don't have it. I'm prep. Uh, do we have any other questions in the audience at all? Yeah, I got one right over here. Let's go. Okay, yeah, thank you, Matt. Matt Coombe with a solid question from a yoga instructor. Of course you'd fucking ask that. Um, so Matt was asking, are there exercises or things that you do to, like, help with, uh, with your body? Uh, also, do you, Jim? Like, is that a question that you can speak to? And, uh, are, sorry, wh- the second part was... Right. Yeah, yeah, so, like, can able-bodied people also take part in these sort of exercises? Kind of like you see people... No, like make it accessible for people. Yeah. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's kind of a part where I do break the rules a little bit. I have this whole sheet of physiotherapy that I'm supposed to do after a surgery. No I, one does it. No I, one. I do it for like a couple of days and, and then I'm like, like you know what? This. I'm walking around. That's yeah. good enough. Um, but if you're listening, you definitely should do it. 100%. <laughs> hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically, you should, you should do it. Yeah. And hypothetically, I do do it. But. <laughs> As for making it more accessible or more inclusive, I'm not I'm not really sure because for me, I know some of the exercises that I've had to do, it's a bit easier to do them at an at-home yeah. setting instead of an in a public situation. Personally, me, I'm also more of a private person. Like if I have to do some exercises, I would rather do it with my dad or say something yeah. like who's gone through the same shit that I have. Um, but there's definitely would be more ways to make it inclusive. I mean, there's no reason that you couldn't. Why couldn't I come out of surgery? My buddies come over. Sure, we're all doing the squats or whatever my hip surgery exercise is, right? So if you're a friend of somebody who's going through something, just being open to talking about it or even saying, hey, do you have any exercises that you should do? We can work on it. You both work on your friendship and your bond, and I feel like that would go a long way. Um, As for a big public activity, I'm not really sure what would make it more. How about you, Jim? Do you got anything to add there? Is there, and is there anything that's like, that is, is, is really sort of like general in terms of going, Hey, you live with this condition. So like X, Y, Z is like a good thing to do on a regular basis. Well, I think, I think with uh, all disabilities, the key is to keep as active as possible. And that's so different for, it depends on people's abilities and their type of disability. Um, 
but keeping Caden super active. So, you know, when he says he doesn't do his physiotherapy, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, he's wiped. Like, the key is to just not sit and eat chocolate bars and watch TV all day, but be as active as you possibly can. Yeah. Because the more active you, you, otherwise you just, your body just shuts down. You just become less mobile. Even mm -hmm. me at 50, I, you know, my joints. You're 50? Holy yeah. fuck, Jim. Shut up. Big five oh. So, you know, you, you find, oh, I used to be able to, you know, reach more or bend more than I could, you know, a few years ago. So Yeah. But you you're, like, just, you're just old as shit. That's yeah. like, I mean, 50. Do you like, do you like TikTok? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm having a hard time. What's yeah. bussing? Go. Um, we had uh, we had another one. I think there was another one over here to the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So the question was, uh, you had mentioned that, like, your organs are not... Your organs don't have dwarfism. Uh, so, like, they're the same size as, you know, anybody else's organs. Um, and so does that cause a problem? And also, like, the, the larger size of the organs compared to, like, the size of your body, does that present issues if you got, you know, hit or something like that? So it can be an issue, like like you said, if I get hit or something. Um, another thing is my organs just don't have enough room right. in my body. So what happens a lot and what would have happened if I continued not having my scoliosis surgery and had to deal with scoliosis, my scoliosis was actually imploding on and crushing my lungs. So when I came out of my back surgery, I gained about 20 to 30% of my lung capacity back. Whoa. So, do you know what your lung capacity was beforehand? I don't. I don't know the actual number. I just know that I could take a way deeper yeah. breath when I came out of surgery, and that's something. Yeah. You guys are lung bros. Yeah, we are. Except he's had the opposite experience, huh? Because he never had. My dad never had full correction in scoliosis, and if he wanted to talk about that, I'm sure he could. How how come? Because um, I was born in the 70s. I'm a 70s kid, and they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, old um, as shit. Old as shit. He was the experiment. Yeah. I'm the ex success story. Yeah. Bingo. They butchered me so they could figure out what to do with him. <laughs> but, yeah, my uh, back was fused when I was about 15, but it was basically fused in place, so I didn't get any corrections, so I, my lungs are really crushed. So now right. it's becoming a real problem, my breathing. Mm. Do you know what your lung capacity is? No, it's bad. But, yeah, it's yeah. just bad. You just know it's bad. Yeah, that that's tough. It's tough. Like going from fifty percent lung capacity to eighty-five percent lung capacity in the last like few months has been very noticeable, very drastic. So like I can, yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. Any? Uh, yes, we have one here. Yeah. Ah. Fuck. Good question. Uh, uh, the question was: I want to know if you get your clothes custom made. So most of the time I just shop in the kids section, which also save money. Cheap. See, cheaper. There we go. Yeah, cheaper. It's, it's a strategy. Become a little person. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so for clothes like T-shirts, hoodies, that kind of stuff, I just get in the kids section. Yeah. Um, shoes as well. I'm about a 1Y, so one youth. Um, pants, they can be sometimes a bit of a struggle because for some reason, for the width of my hips, people think I have legs that are like four feet long. I'm not four feet long total. Yeah. So yeah. I have to get them hemmed a lot or customized, tailored. Um, my dad also goes through that a lot as well. How tall are both of you? Three six, three five. Hey, <laughs> you're fucked. We're, pre we're pretty close. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty Jim's close. like, no, no, no. Hold on now. When I was uh, when I was when I was seventeen, I got a job working at the children's place in the mall, and I was selling kids' clothes. And I we had a friend who was uh, really short and, and small for his size, and he would come in and he would buy clothes from me when I was working. And his complaint about buying kids' clothes was that 
was just like the style of them. Like it, they're just not as I mean they're like more colorful and like bright and have patterns on them and and like at that age you just want to wear like you want to wear black hoodies like you. Well, we're kind it, of we're it, really lucky because uh, Tracy, uh, my wife, his mom is a power shopper, like the world's best nice. shopper. So we <laughs> benefit from that big time. Sweet. Uh, I think I saw. Yeah, yeah, Joanne. Chronic pain. Do you deal with chronic pain because of all the surgeries and the hardware? I do, and it's quite bad. Um, I have technically not called arthritis, but I have severe issues with my joints. So in my hands, opening a water bottle, lifting a cup, that causes a lot of pain in my wrists and my fingers, along with my hips. They're constantly killing me just because I don't have the strength to hold my weight. And walking is also kills me. Mm. Um, back pain, any type of pain that you think of, I definitely have it. Um, but like how much walking? Like, you know, is what, it immediate? On sometimes it depends what kind, what side of the bed I wake up on. But on a good day, maybe from here, I don't know, to the bar and back. Oh wow! On a good day, like total. So like those so, segues are pr- yeah. almost like if, all if the I didn't time. have my segue, I wouldn't be able to do it. Wow! A quarter of the things yeah, I right. do. Um, I saw another. Yeah, that's uh, you right here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so a lot of the accessibility comes from like DIY. Are there companies out there specifically doing modifications for little people? No, there isn't. So there is for um, paraplegic, like wheelchair uh, um, disability. Then there's lots out there, but there's nothing for dwarfism. Like mm. I would say, nothing. There's a couple you can order some pedal extensions on Amazon. They're crap, but yeah. that's, and, that, that's, and that's, fair, that's a fairly recent phenomenon. Yeah, and that's mm. like pretty new. Uh, I think I saw another one in the back there. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, there's two hands. Let's go to the one to my left, your right. Mm. Good question. Um, modifications for the home important, um, but uh, Jim, when you knew that you were going to have a child that had uh, dwarfism, like, did that change your relationship to to modifying things before, uh, as as opposed to before you had kids? Or 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 to your dwarfism? Was that what you? Yeah. Meant? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Just... So you, um, you, yeah, I think I put a lot of stuff off. So, but when I knew Caden was coming along, um, and when he was a baby, I didn't have to worry about it because he was just a baby. But as you could see, I'm getting older, and you know, wanting to be up at the kitchen or wanting to um, ride a bike or whatever. Uh, I kind of love that kind of stuff. It makes my brain work. So, you know, yeah, constantly um, I put it into high gear because I grew up in the '70s and '80s, like I said. So I sat on a case of beer, that was kind of my booster seat. Like, <laughs> there, there was nothing out there back then. Um, everything was, the, the most sophisticated it got would be a stool. Right. Um, and living um, back in my, when I grew up, it was amongst average height people. So there was nothing modified. So the kitchen, if I wanted to cook, it would be pull over a couple chairs. If I had to do the dishes, pull over a couple chairs. <laughs> so, um, and, and I had a good childhood, but I knew when Caden came along, I wanted it yeah. to be different. I wanted him to have something. And, you know, I a little bit was torn because I thought, okay, I don't want to spoil him too much because when he's out on his own, he's got to have figure this out. So there's a bit of that. But then I thought, well, yeah, but you still don't have to torture the kid for 20 years yeah. before that. And Semi-tough love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I saw one more. Uh, yes, right here. Let's do this. This will be the last one. Uh, how can the average human make this place a little bit more accessible for these guys? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
not use the elevators if you don't need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. A, that would be a great start. Um, also, the curbs, where the curb turns into a bit of a ramp at a stop walk. Don't know why that's the hangout spot. Yeah, yeah, right. Can't get around. What what floor is acceptable to take the elevator to? <laughs> I think it depends on the urgency, you know? Yeah, yeah. You got a bag of groceries, I might feel sorry for you. Yeah. Might let you on, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I live on the 14th floor, and I have a dog, so like... Oh, no, you're walking. <laughs> yeah. Ride that dog, you I fuck. I always walk. Yeah. I'm an elevator up... Stairs down kind of guy. Yeah. So you're a half criminal then? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause for these two. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Uh, we're going to be hanging out for a bit, so grab a drink, hang out. Thank you so much, Vancouver. We fucking love you. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.